Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and welcome to another episode. This is episode 36 of the WordPress Chick podcast. Now, I'm doing a little experiment today, so I I just wanted to give you a heads up that I am recording this on my Rode Recorder app on my phone while I'm in the car. (laughs) So... I'm guessing that anybody that sees me is probably going to, well, they're probably going to just think I'm on the telephone. So there you go. Like it matters what somebody driving alongside the road thinks of me, right? Anyways, off to a lovely start here. But I'm just curious. I would love your feedback on how this sounds. Um, I can tell you a couple things because I've tested this in an in-person meeting with somebody and I was really, really impressed with the audio quality. So I'm going to see how it goes just recording and just bear with me as I'm driving. I'm on this two hour trek and I thought this is a perfect time to test this. So if you are not familiar, you want to look at this and check it out. It's Rode, R-O-D-E. It's the Rode Recorder app. I don't know if it's available for Android. Uh, This is the iOS app. So um, it's... (laughs) I just, it's super easy to use. Now, what I will tell you that I've learned the hard way is that you need to set the phone in airplane mode because the the first two times I used this, I don't know why I didn't learn the first time. <laughs> I tend to learn things the hard way. Um, but the first two times I used this, I just set the, the first time I didn't do anything and didn't think about it. And about, I don't know, an hour into the appointment I was at and when I was recording realized that the that the recorder had stopped the second the phone rang and I didn't obviously answer the phone but missed the whole first hour then hit record again so then the second time I thought okay well I'll just put it on do not disturb and that didn't work either so now uh, we're going with airplane mode and just to be safe I put it on the manual do not disturb so we're going to see how how that goes so it's been a pretty um, interesting few weeks this is gonna be funny like the road's kind of bumpy and I apologize if it sounds wonky but I'm just my goal is that the audio is is clear enough and it's not too annoying to listen to so we'll see if this actually makes it to to the airwaves but I'm planning on it so I'd love your feedback on that good bad and different whatever just don't be mean okay (laughs) um all right moving on so the last uh gosh I know I haven't done a solo show in a little bit I just got back from InfusionCon, which was the Infusionsoft uh, conference. I have to tell you, it was probably one of the best conferences that I've attended in a long time. Okay, I just passed an ambulance. That'll be, I'll be curious to know if that gets picked up since I'm in the car. <laughs> and I promise I will not narrate the whole drive home because that would be just wacky. But what was great about Infusionsoft was... Although I think I had talked to you guys uh, when I got back from a conference in January, Traffic and Conversion, you know, they're both no-pitch conferences, which is really refreshing. And so I would say it was a really good combination of 
inspiration, education, and training. Uh, they had a lot of breakout sessions. The keynotes were phenomenal. They had Seth Godin, who I've never seen live, and that was just, he rocks. Just love the guy. If you haven't read any of his stuff or whatever, I definitely would recommend go to even just TED and watch one of his TED Talks. Pick up his books. So, of course, after seeing him live, I decided to, I bought the Audible version of Icarus Deception. Uh, and I'll probably do a post or an episode on that and because it, it really talks about doing your thing and creating art. And I don't mean art in terms of, you know, painting or something that we typically define as art. But do your thing and be willing to be, this is what I loved, be willing to be a category of one. You know, are you willing to stand out there and kind of go against the herd? He didn't say those words. He was much more eloquent. But the delivery, fantastic speaker. Uh, also saw Simon Sinek. And I had I've seen his name and I will link to, to everything um, in the show notes. But Simon Sinek just pulled back the value in marketing to people. Um, and I think it's a great reiteration of, I think, social media has sort of leveled the playing field and, you know, gone are the day. Well, they're not gone, but they don't work the way they used to. The long, smarmy sales pages and scarcity tactics, it just, it's a, it's a new era. And I have been feeling that in my gut and really <laughs> wanting to do my own thing, regardless of what gurus this person says is working, you know when something doesn't feel right for you. So Simon Sinek, uh, he was, and I hope I, Sinek, I hope I'm saying his name right was phenomenal. Um, and then Peter Shankman, who <laughs> was probably, <laughs> he's funny. The guy's just, his delivery was outstanding. Um, but they, they just all talked on that. And there was a common thread among the keynotes that, you know, it's about relationship, it's about connection, and it's about people. So that was fantastic. Now, the reason I went to InfusionCon is because I have switched over to Infusionsoft recently. But for the last, I don't know, two months, have still been using Aweber. I've used Infusionsoft before. In 2010, I had it. Um, and you've probably heard of it referred to as Confusionsoft. I have to tell you, it's gotten a lot better. And what it does and what it's capable of doing, obviously, if you implement, is amazing. Which is why I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to this. I connected with some great people. And... Uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of times it is great for networking. At the same time, I know myself and I'm really in this place right now where I need to focus on truly three things. And so where do I have time to step out and, you know, joint venture or whatever, but I, I'm totally open to new relationships and seeing where that goes. I just need to be very clear on what's going on for me. But the, the teaching and the trainings, they had a lot of breakout sessions and, Infusionsoft has something called a campaign builder, which I'm not going to get into, but you can actually set up a campaign that, you know, and it, what's cool about campaign builder is it's a, it's visual, right? It's not, um, just linking and sequences and stuff. It's an actual visual builder where you've got a little form and then you drag in a sequence and you can tag based on this action, based on that action. Then you can remove tags past a certain date. <laughs> and I, I, if you're anything like me, it's like, okay, you lost me already. And I like to consider myself a somewhat intelligent person, but the truth is I don't enjoy doing that stuff. I like to create, um, and 
maybe you guys are like, well, duh, who doesn't, right? But we all have those things we love to do. And so I know it's not the best use of my time to necessarily master Infusionsoft, but I do want to have a solid understanding of it because I'm making the switch before going into paying for a third month of Infusionsoft and a Weber. Um, So that's, I really made the switch because I am determined to get more automation and I don't mean less personal, but making sure that I have correct sequences and that I'm tracking the data correctly. And that's what Infusionsoft will do. So that's where I went and it was great. I went with uh, a coaching client of mine. Those things are definitely more fun when you've got someone there with you. Um, After the mastermind in January, I did go to traffic and conversion by myself and it's just kind of like, yeah, that's enough. (laughs) Um, But, but this was really great. And I, I did, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I'm always surprised at how tiring going to a conference can be. You know, you feel like, what the bucket? Why am I so sleepy? I've been sitting all day. Um, but really, you know, it's like your brain is in this constant concentration and your mind is spinning. And I just, for me, when I go to marketing stuff, it's like you instantly start thinking, how can I apply this? What can I do? Where is this relative to my business? Um, and, and so I think that's part of it. Um, and I don't know why, but traveling is always, I mean, Phoenix was two hours, <laughs> but you know, just all of that can be a little bit, a little bit tiring, but it was, it was really great. And let me tell you for the cost, they provided breakfast and lunch every day, which was pretty phenomenal. Um, and then had, you know, like water, coffee and tea in the afternoon. So that was pretty impressive. And they did have some sponsors, and so there was like a little um, expo hall, I guess you would call it, where there were booths and stuff, and you could go talk to people. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I think it was a good combination of, of software and, and tools that support Infusionsoft or work specifically with Infusionsoft, but Wishlist, uh, WordPress membership plugin, was one of their sponsors too. And so actually said hi to Stu McLaren. That was kind of fun. And uh, we ran into James Wedmore, the video guy. He was walking by some street, and I'm all, James Wedmore! And he turned and looked at me. I'm such a dork, but just said hello. I bought one of his products, so that was kind of fun, too. All right, so that's kind of where I've been, and I've been talking about or writing about shifting things in my business. Um, so I've kind of taken a step back to reevaluate, and I promise I'm going to get into plugins, use them or not use them. Uh, that, that is the topic of today's show. But I, I just wanted to chat with you guys for a minute. And I've, I've really made a, a big conscious choice that the three things that I'm going to focus on in my business are the coaching uh, that I've been doing because I'm, I'm loving it and really just connecting with some amazing people. Um, I've had two coaching clients now extend their coaching. Uh, one for another three months, one for another six months. So that's awesome. I am working with uh, someone else new starting in June. I'm excited about that. I have a couple other uh, clients that we're wrapping down, wrapping down, winding down. Let's just go ahead and make up words while we go. <laughs> and I, I just, I get a lot from that. And I find that that's where I feel most turned in, tuned in, you know, tapped in, whatever you want to call it. But that's where I feel most juiced is through doing that. The second thing I'm going to focus on, well, I, I'm going to, okay, not that you guys knew what I had in my head for number two, but the second thing is the podcasting. So the WordPress chick, I want to get this up to two a week, which has not been consistent. And I totally know that, 
but it's based on the time that has been consumed with other projects, and I'm going to talk about that. But the podcasting, because I am going to be launching the Kim Doyle podcast uh, on kimdoyle.com, and that's going to have much more... Well, I know I talk about business a lot here, but I'm not going to talk about WordPress plugins or themes or be interviewing anybody from the WordPress community um, for that podcast. Uh, it's got a completely different... Um, edge and feel and uh, probably go a little more into the vulnerabilities and risks and challenges that business owners face. Um, So the podcasting is number two. And then the third thing that I'm going to focus on is building my outsourcing company. And that may sound, um, I don't know, maybe that's news to some of you guys listening. Uh, But I kind of unbeknownst to me, I guess... I say it accidentally, but I created my own outsourcing company. And this has evolved over the last three to four years. Um, And I talked about outsourcing in a previous episode. But I started looking at what I really enjoy doing. And like I mentioned, I like to create. I I like to connect. I'm loving writing. I never knew I was going to have so much fun doing that. I like creating information products. Um, and I love the podcast. So the thing that's missing from what I love doing are the websites. And I have just made a conscious decision and maybe I have said this publicly, maybe I haven't. So I apologize if I have, and this is redundant. And if I haven't, this is a big step for me, but I'm not going to do them anymore. It's, it. Even though we've got a system and a structure down, and actually I shouldn't say I'm not going to do them anymore. I will do them with people that want to coach with me as well. Because inevitably, I'm on the phone explaining and and walking through why we want to call to action here and and what is the goal when somebody lands here and what do you want them to do, that kind of stuff. Because I enjoy that way more than just sitting and doing the work. And it's it's not being lazy, hear me out. Um, But it's the strategy and the implementation of the marketing stuff that I enjoy more. And what happens is with the website work, it doesn't matter. It seems like it doesn't matter how many systems or structures I've put in place. I'm still inevitably in the process. And, you know, when you look at it, one of the things that I got at Infusionsoft, well, I got a lot of great one-liners and quotes. I think I, I, I think I put them on Facebook or tweeted it. It was cool. They had their own app that we tracked. But um, is that you need to make a choice. Do you want to be the CEO of your company? Or do you want to be the entrepreneur freelancer? And I don't want to do that, the freelancing anymore. You know, it's been six years. I'm grateful for everything I've learned. And will always continue playing with WordPress, trying new plugins, trying new themes, talking about it. I still like doing the videos. I still enjoy doing all of that. But I don't want to have to do it on a timetable, if that makes sense. I never realized I was, I don't want to say I'm a buck the system, but like I always thought of myself as, you know, wanting to do the right thing. And and I do, but more than that, I, I, I like doing my own thing. And it's when I do that and take care of myself that my life flows and everything's, it's just better for everyone involved. And so when I started feeling resentful, um, and hear me out because I don't know how many, <laughs> maybe I've got clients listening to this. I've had the majority of my clients have been just a blessing and a privilege to listen to, but I know where I've dropped the ball and that's not been fair to the client. 
Um, I'm not saying the end product wasn't delivered and wasn't delivered well, but it's just, it's not fair to the client. And it's scary when you know that that's a certain amount of income that's, even though it's not, you don't count on it necessarily as recurring consistently, it's always, it's always in the pipeline for lack of a better explanation. And so I, I thought, all right, well, one of the things in these mastermind groups, you know, is really taking that time to focus on <clears throat> what is it you like to do? What is it you can pay someone else to do? And, you know, and what brings you the most joy? Because when you're doing something from that place of joy, you know, that is the providing value. It's going to come across, people pick up on it, all that stuff. So I made a decision that I'm not going to do websites anymore. Um, again, unless I'm coaching with somebody, but I need to replace that income. And so coming back from the mastermind in January, you know, I worked with a couple of the guys and looking at different ways to, to bring in different recurring paths. And because the coaching is great. I also know that I'm with the coaching leaning more towards less one-to-one and more of a mastermind, which should be more affordable in, in a mastermind. But I still want to keep some of the one-on-one because I, I see great results from that. They do too. Because <laughs> it's, it's all about me. <laughs> I did not mean it that way. Um, but I'm able to see that people are really making significant changes and shifts in their business. So in realizing that I have created this outsourcing company um, and have been at this for a few few years now, this to me is something that I can leverage because I have pulled out the headaches of trying to find someone and that I've been working with these people for three years, four for some of them, some or less. I've, I've added a couple in the last year, but we've really got a tight system and structure down. And so I'm sitting here thinking these people already work with WordPress, Genesis, they know exactly how I work, what I want. And mind you, to grow an outsourcing company, it's not only going to be for people that that want to hire WordPress developers or or designers. Um, It's any graphic work. Um, I've now started working with a virtual assistant, and that's been phenomenal. So we're setting up some, some structures there. So to me, it makes the most sense to leverage that where I can be the owner of the company, take the systems we've created and let people test it out where, you know, it's not like going to Odesk or Elance where there's no one to hold accountable. Because I've done it, you know, my name will definitely be attached to it, but I'm not necessarily going to be the person you pick up the phone and call. <laughs> we'll do a support desk and all of that. But, you know, I'm willing to put this out there because I've done it. And to me, this is how that I can leverage my time better in order to grow the podcasting the content marketing and the coaching, which content marketing I threw in there, but that's, I guess that's sort of assumed that I'm going to keep blogging and writing and creating stuff on the sites. Um, So those are three things that I got really clear on uh, when I was gone that I need to focus on, which let's go ahead and transition now into uh, plugins. I don't know where (laughs) this argument, (laughs) and I just amused myself when I started writing the post for this, this show, because you know, the first paragraph, I'm like, okay, it's time to retire this argument. And I state that by writing about it, right? Like, it's time to retire the argument after I get the last word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, which is not the point. But 
I really think I'm going to, I'm going to approach the plugins from a couple different perspectives and also, well, actually three different perspectives, those that are in favor of using plugins, those that are not. And then from a perspective of people that develop and create plugins, and I have very minimal experience in that, but I dip my toes in it. And so I just want to maybe give you a different perspective on that in terms of supporting that community and, and what goes into creating and maintaining free plugins. But we'll get to that at the end. So, you know, the first argument is we're going to start, maybe I should start with the negative and the, I don't know, six of one, right? It depends on who you are. But the first argument to me is the, is for the use of plugins. And if you're, I would assume that the majority of my audience are people that like plugins and you know, you know, there's some basic rules that you know, okay, well, I probably shouldn't, you know, you don't want to overload your site with plugins, um, but you're more inclined to try a plugin than to try and find a code snippet. Let's say that. Because the thing that bugs me about the argument of, you know, don't use plugins is it's t- I just think it's ludicrous to assume that everybody is capable of adding functionality to their site without a plugin. You know, for most people, most business owners, they don't want to look at code. They don't want to see it. They want something to work. They, they want an added functionality. Okay, this is going to be tricky because I just started talking with my hands and I'm driving. So let's not do that. Um, but they want an added functionality. And so a plugin is is the ultimate solution, right? They don't want to have to try to figure out, go into your functions file, you're going to add this, and then you're, you know, because you screw that stuff up and you're not familiar with it, nothing will give you a heart attack faster than going to view your site and it's a blank page or you're just getting error messages. And I know for myself when I was starting everything and started thinking, ooh, I'm going to play around with the PHP or the CSS. Well, you know, you learn once that you don't do that before making, you know, a copy or backing everything up. But most people really, truly don't want to do that, right? They just, they don't want to get into the code. There are some best practices that I would consider. Um, and I, I know that I've probably got too many plugins on my site right now, but have, but I've added some just for make, so that I can do something quicker. Um, and there are a few plugins that, you know, I I will install all the time, every time, because it makes my life easier. So, and I'll talk about, um, I'm not at the computer, (laughs) obviously, so it's going to be interesting to do a rundown of plugins that I use and like and recommend, uh, while I'm doing this. And I don't think I'll hit everyone in my site just because my memory is not going to serve me that well. Um, but we'll talk about that too. So I, I really think the argument for plugins is people, the everyday user who has a WordPress site for their business or a hobby, whether or not you're selling anything, you just want additional functionality. You want something to happen on your site and you want to be able to do it yourself, right? That's the beauty of WordPress. And I, I don't know the statistics and if anybody has them or knows where to find them, I'd love it. I'd be curious to know the percentage 
of WordPress sites that are owned and operated by developers as opposed to business owners, hobbyists, users, everyday users, if that makes sense. So, of course, then the argument for not using plugins is because they slow your site down, they're going to add bloat, things are going to break. And this, I'm truly asking this question, which I could probably ask somebody offline, um, but I'd be curious to know, I mean, either way, with the, whether it be a plugin or code, you're adding additional code, right? And I know, I do understand that, you know, every time, it's like having extra themes in your site. Your site loads them every time, whether they're active or not, so delete the unused themes. So that's similar for plugins, but I'd be curious to know the difference in the weight or pull on the site of a plugin versus the weight or pull of code. I don't know. Um, I think I'm probably bouncing back and forth too much, but hopefully you guys are are following (laughs) this train of thought here. Because one thing that I was just thinking of is another pro to using a plugin. Let's take uh, a social media sharing plugin as an example. So if you go and you code in social sharing plug uh, buttons um, or scripts into your site, is that going to update when the social media sites update, right? So what happens, you know, we know Facebook changes stuff all the time. We go from like to sharing, which one are you using? Um, you know, there's different options for those that the beauty of a plugin is that the plugin's going to update when those external tools and resources update, ideally. I mean, there's no guarantee all the time. Um, And a side note, that anytime I find a plugin in the WordPress.org plugin uh, repository, I check the last date it was updated and reviews. So you might want to do that. And the plugin repository is now putting, you know, sort of warning signs up that say, warning, this plugin has not been updated in two years or whatever. So don't use those plugins because they're probably going to break something or not work, which is going to happen regardless. There is absolutely no way to know which plugins, there's no way to test everything against everything, right? Um, but, but keep that in mind in terms of the last time it was updated. But anytime you have a plugin that is, is pulling something in or connecting to another, you know, a third-party resource, an outside resource, to me, I would think, uh, I I think it's smarter to use the plugin because something may break on your site if you've coded it in, or you're going to have to go back and update that code anytime that updates. All right, so let's go back to um, the, the not using plugins argument. And honestly, like I've been lying to you (laughs) up until now. Um, Do you guys ever say that? I find myself doing that, like, to be frank or to be direct, like other times I wasn't. But other than site load time and potential conflict, I I really don't know. Those are the only two arguments I have for not using plugins, right, is that it can slow your site down and there could be potential conflict. So, to me, the, the argument for plugins is much stronger, but that's because I like to use them because I would rather spend the time writing, not coding. 
because I'm not a coder. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about best practices, though. Um, there's a handful of plugins, and I know, I think it was my, it was, I think, it was the first episode where I did, I went through all the plugins that I use, what I use them for, and why. And I, I probably should do that again, but that might be kind of boring. So let's just, I'm going to go through some of the stuff that I can tell you that I that I add in and install in every site, mine, client, whatever. So I always activate a Kismet. I don't, I think I said that correctly, which is the, the default WordPress spam um, plugin. And, you know, I really, I get a handful of spam comments, but really not too bad. Uh, but one thing I have noticed is I'm getting spam comments. So I'm going to have to add a CAPTCHA form to my contact form. Which brings me to another plugin that I install all the time, which is Gravity Forms. I absolutely love it. It's easy. Um, it works well. They keep it updated. It's got some great add-ons. So Gravity Forms is pretty much a standard. Before, prior to investing in Gravity Forms, which a single site license is only $39, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I actually want to test. There's a new form out there uh, called Ninja Forms. And that is the freemium model, which we'll talk about um, when we get to sort of plug-in support and development and all that stuff. But uh, if you haven't heard of that, go to ninjaforms.com, and it's that freemium model where the plugin is free and the add-ons are paid. So Gravity Forms, I use all the time. Now, with Genesis, I usually use the Genesis Simple Sidebars because I like being able to dictate the sidebars you know, based on the page or post or whatever. Um, so for the WordPress chick, I've got a podcast sidebar. I actually, I don't know that I've got a t- I do. I think I've got a few other sidebars in there. I just don't know that they're active right now um, because I've changed things around. But so I've got a podcast sidebar so that, you know, every time I publish a podcast episode, the sidebar's got the subscribe in iTunes, um, listen on Stitcher, leave me a review, all that stuff. It automatically shows up in that sidebar by selecting that. Uh, Genesis Simple Edits, don't really need it, but you can change your copyright with that if you don't want to go into the code for that. Um, and I've also used the Genesis Title Toggle before, which I'm, I'm, I know that can be done easier with <coughs> code, but it was a quick fix because I was getting frustrated with the way something was working. <laughs> social media, so I was using the floating social bar uh, by it was WP Beginner, and I apologize for the life of me, do not remember Thomas Griffin. There we go. Uh, Syed Balki and Thomas Griffin, who created the soliloquy slider. So, the floating social bar, um, I just uninstalled it because something was wonky with the Facebook, and I just I wanted it to look better. But what's nice about the floating social bar, one is it only uses the big, the big sites, meaning Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Google+. Beyond that, I don't know, you know, stumble upon Reddit, delicious dig. I don't know if people are still doing those. I have never shared those sites. Not that that means anything. Um, but the floating social bar, what was nice about it is that one is that it's sort of sticky, right? So it floats. As people scroll on the page, the bar moves with them. And you, you can turn that off. The other thing is that it doesn't load the JavaScript until they go to actually share. So, you know, nothing happens. It's not loading that share on Facebook script until you go to click that button. 
so it's really light and it, it's worked great it just something was wonky with the Facebook so I'm trying another one and I don't remember the name of it right now so we'll move on from there but I'll do a I'll do a review because the cool thing with this other one that I found is that you can create custom social media sharing buttons right not not profile icons to connect with me on my personal profiles but you can create custom and you if you go look on uh, kimdoyle.com and you'll see that I added I created they're just little square and it's the blue of the site they're all blue with the icon in white um, but he's got a great link and I'll just have to do a post on it where you go to link and you can dictate the color this that, and the other thing and you download it and upload it to the plug it's super easy if you want to create custom social sharing buttons again it's not the connect with me icon buttons like um god what is it simple social icons by nathan rice um not like that where it's connecting to your profile so but the floating social bar is great i will do um a post about this other one that i found because i like that also both my sites obviously i use i don't know it's not obvious this one maybe but the blueberry power press for podcasting couple things with that is Libsyn, which I'm not going to get into a whole podcasting thing here, but Libsyn is who I use to host my podcast episodes. And so they, they wrote a post or I've talked to a couple of clients where they're saying that, you know, well, Blueberry is breaking the feed, which I've never heard of that and never had an issue with it. Um, because with Libsyn, you can actually embed a player directly into your site. You don't even need to install an iframe or whatever because here's a little side tip for you. If you didn't know this, you can just drop an MP3 file, the URL to the file. You can drop it into the text, not, not te- yeah, text when, of, of your WordPress editor. So like where you write a blog post and you're looking at the visual. If you click on the text, you'll see sort of the code underneath what you just wrote. So if you drop in an MP3 file, just right into the body there, and then save it and look at it, there's a built-in audio player to WordPress, which is great. So with Libsyn, though, I don't know where this thing with breaking the feed is. I've never had it. Back, so Which is why I use Blueberry. I like the fact that I can put my description, my tags, and then I, I submit it directly to iTunes from the feed. Everything is built into the site. So it's pulling all that. I'd be curious to know, you know, what what the difference is between what goes into iTunes and, you know, like I've got my artwork link is in the Blueberry um, plugin. So I've got a link to where the, the podcast artwork is. I also tag my audio files with the artwork. But I'd be curious to know, without pulling that artwork in, what shows up in iTunes. I, I, I haven't played with that. Anyways, I use the Blueberry PowerPress. Um, another plugin always install is the tiny MCE advanced editor and I really install this for one specific purpose and that is to give me more options in font sizes when I'm writing so if you notice in in your WordPress editor your WYSIWYG which for those of you if you don't know just stands for what you see is what you get and there are, there are two lines to that editor. 
And if you haven't opened that up over on the far right side, you're going to see a little icon that if you hover over it, it looks almost like three rows of dots, kind of, is the best way I can explain it. But if you hover over it, it says, hide, show the kitchen sink, right? So I always show it, which is probably not a distraction-free writing, which some people might prefer, which you can still go to a different mode in your editor if you want to do that. It doesn't bother me. Um, But what this allows you to do is see the second row of options in your Wissiwig editor. So if you're looking for font sizes, you'll see where it says paragraph, right? And if you click that drop down, you're going to see heading one, heading two, heading three, which will change the size, right, of that text to to those sizes. The thing with using those only is that Maybe you want something to stand out and be a bigger font and you want it to be bold, but you don't want to create an H1 tag, which is essentially that you're telling the search engines these are important keywords. So if you don't want to create that heading tag, I do that with the TinyMCE advanced plugin. And you can add different options to your editor but the one I use 99.9% of the time, excuse me, is just because right next to that paragraph in your WYSIWYG editor, you're going to see font size. So it's great. So you can just create stuff, bold it, make it bigger, whatever, without creating heading tags. Now, the opposite is also true of that. So if you want to add some more keyword-rich uh, some more, you know, keywords to your posts that are and create heading tags, but you don't want it to be gargantuan, <laughs> you know. So let's just say for fun. So let's say WordPress was my keyword, and I just wanted maybe to bold it or have it stand out a little bit. Well, you can go, you can create the H1 tag and then go over to the font size and select, you know, just a regular 14 size font, and it'll create an H1 tag in the code, but it drops the font size to normal. So hopefully that makes sense. This is going to be interesting. This is probably one of the first kind of how-tos I've done in a long time via just the podcast. Um, So I always install the TinyMC advanced plugin. The other one that I've fallen in love with is the Shortcodes Ultimate plugin. And I think shortcodes are probably along the same line as use them or don't. Some people think they bloat things. Again, I don't want to have to do it with code. Why do that when I can click a button? And the plugin is brilliant. He's got add-ons, but you can create buttons and tables and uh, video. I mean, anything that I can just embed into the post easy. I just do like a video or whatever, but I love short codes. I did a post called Show Me the Short Code. You can find it under the videos section on the site. Um, But you can see the short codes ultimate plugin in action. It is by far the best free shortcodes plugin that I have ever come across. And he also is uh, using the freemium model where you can get some style add-ons. And I will probably uh, test that in a follow-up post because I really love um, the flat style. And I'd be curious to see just what other fun, cool things. But you can do drop caps and quotes and all that stuff. Uh, But check out the video because I love that. And I actually just did that for a client. She's like, how do you make that order now button on this page? Can I do that? Is that a graphic? And I said, oh, I just used this plugin. I put it in the site. And here's a link to the video, which it's not even 10 minutes, I don't think. Um, 
so that she can do that as well. And it's just it's a cleaner look, right, than putting in just a graphic. So I always use the short codes, ultimate. Um, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm going alphabetical, like what else I install? Uh, WordPress SEO by Yoast. Hands down, all the time, my favorite SEO plugin. Yes, Genesis comes with SEO settings. What I like about Yoast is, for the most part, other than your uh, description for your title tag, now it's coming pretty much configured kind of right out of the box once you install it. You need to add some, uh, some of your social media stuff. But when you go in to create your uh, SEO, I'm going to just say SEO snippet, right? Your, add your meta stuff for your SEO, which is your title, your keyword, your description. Well, you don't have to do the keywords. It's, you, set, you select the keyword for the post, but you don't have to put in a bunch of keywords. Um, but when you go do that and then you save the draft... You, you get a little score, right? You get this little red, yellow, or green dot up where you publish that tells you, you know, if it's red, it's like, this sucks. You didn't SEO this at all. Uh, yellow, it's like getting closer. And green, it's like you're good to go. But what's cool is in the Yoast section, which appears right below your WordPress editor, and if it's not right below, just scroll down. You can drag it up. I tend to do that... Um, so that, uh, sorry, got a bicyclist going across the road here out of the blue. Um, but I tend, you know, uh, to go through. What's really cool, though, is he's got, I mean, I tend to drag up the Yoast right beneath my editor so I don't forget. You know, because you can drag and drop your widgets just in your, in your dashboard. But what's neat is right next to... Um, and I think it says general. And again, guys, I apologize. I'm totally doing this by memory. But then it says advanced. So if you click on the advanced tab, Yoast is going to tell you what you can do to improve your SEO score, so to speak. So it'll tell you, you know, the keyword should appear in the first paragraph or there are no external links. You don't have any alt tags, which again, you remember your alt tag is you member. I heard myself say that the other day. I'm all, what am I, five? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so lame sometimes. Oh, goodness. You can totally tell I'm my best audience. And if you could see the road I was driving on, I've got a vineyard to the right and, like, cows to the left and a straight shot. So much more information than you needed. But I love seeing that score. But the alt tag is what you want to name your image, right? So if you upload an image and it says image 624... When you see that, whether it's right when you upload it or if you want to edit that image where it says alternative text, you want to make that a keyword because that's what the search engines are going to read for that image. So keep that in mind. Really important that you name all of your images with keywords. So the Yoast plugin will score your post for you. So you'll know, oh, I've got a little work to do. And then what's great about that is the more often you look at that, you start knowing automatically. Like when I got to write a post now, I know, do I have more than one image? Where am I going to link this to? You know, what is the keyword? And for the most part, I really, I write for people. I don't write for the search engines, but if you can, you know, optimize it, then you want to do that. So I always use Yoast. A couple things, uh, a couple plugins I use depending, uh, but the WordPress database backup 
I don't use that anymore because I use Flywheel to host and they do all my backups for me. Um, so I don't have to worry about that. And then after that is the WP Slim stats. So I like seeing the stats in my dashboard. I know that Jetpack, I, I don't usually install Jetpack, and I should test it in, times of, in terms of site load time on all that. Um, but I really, I like seeing the stats. I, I like the WP Slim stat. I can look at the traffic in there as opposed to logging into analytics and doing that. So off the top of my head, those are the plugins I tend to use. Although, actually, I'm just thinking now, there are, um, I use both the Lead Pages plugin. And I actually need to talk to Flywheel about this because like, you don't really need the plugin because um, you can FTP it, but they've got certain permissions. So I got to double check with them. And then I've got Lead Player, which I, it's all for my YouTube videos, but you can drop in a call to action button or an opt-in form. So um, I do use uh, both the lead, uh, lead. I think the company is, I think the company is lead bright. I don't know, but lead pages and lead player. I use both of those as well. Some of the plugins I've been playing with, and I do want to get Shane on from Thrive Themes. He, they built the visual content editor, which I did a video on this and then they, they closed it down for a while. So people were like, when is this coming out again? We can't access this. We can't buy it and all that stuff. It's, it's open again now. And I did a video. It is a great way to add, like if you're going to do a sales page and you want to add in a testimonial, a featured box, uh, a buy now button, a video, whatever, you can do all of that, but you don't have to, to do it with short codes, which yes, I said I love short codes, but if you were to look at what a page looks like with short codes versus the visual content editor, you'll see why the visual content editor is brilliant because if you add a testimonial, you are adding the actual graphic of the testimonial box and you can edit it right there. It's awesome. So I will link to the visual content editor. And like I said, I would, I, they were probably swamped. I do want to get Shane on the podcast and do an interview uh, because they've also are, they've got themes as well. And the themes are really built towards marketers. So that's another plugin I've been testing. All right. Now, all that being said, some of the best practices with the plugins is if you can do something, then without a plugin, I firmly believe do it, right? If it's, it's not going to, you know, make your hair turn <coughs> gray overnight because you've been dinking in code and you don't want to, uh, then, then go for it. You know, I know that like I've got um, Typekit fonts on my site and I know it can be done without code. I put in Captain Typekit because it was quicker, it was easier. It's like, you know what, I probably should pull this off um, because I, I just, I don't need it. Um, you know, so some of that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is, you know, like I've got WooCommerce on the site because I was using WooCommerce before and now I'd like to switch that. Not, not removed. Sorry, I had to go around. A col- uh, I think it's called a columbine, right? Like one of those harvesters. <laughs> so I was focusing on the other, other lane of traffic to see if anybody was coming. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. WooCommerce, thank you very much. So 
What I like about WooCommerce is that you can add affiliate products. Uh, so you can set up a shop. So all the stuff, the tools and resources that I use, that I am an affiliate for and believe in and have tested and tried, well, I can put them into a shop with my own stuff. And it's just that when they go to buy now, they will click out to purchase it on the, you know, the correct site versus um, buying through the site. So I'll probably keep WooCommerce, but I've got a couple things added to WooCommerce, you know, like a uh, Infusionsoft. So I won't have people check out through Infusionsoft on WooCommerce. They'll go to check out on the Infusionsoft cart, but I've got an Aweber add-on. I've got an S3, a couple different things. Um, I had a, I'm using Gumroad right now for the WordPress Genesis for Beginners 2.0, which I'm just going to go directly to Infusionsoft for that also. But so I've got a Gumroad, a Weber plugin that I had built. So, you know, I, I probably got five or six plugins I can remove. So I, I will be working on doing that uh, just to keep it lighter. Now, my suggestion is if you're somebody who likes to play with plugins, excuse me, and test things out, then my first right, and if let's say you've only got one site or two sites, you know, you're a business owner and you don't deal with WordPress all the time. I would have your site duplicated, you know, depending on who you're hosting with, see if you can just get a duplicate of your site, put somewhere else and let that be your testing ground. I have a couple reseller accounts that I will be condensing to one soon because uh, I'm not going to be hosting sites anymore. The goal is to migrate them all to Flywheel, um, my brilliant host that I love. But, you know, I, I usually keep uh, a testing ground, you know, and I'll import my content or whatever and I'll duplicate uh, plugins. But just if it's something that I think could that has a lot of functionality or could make something kind of wonky, I tend to test it somewhere else first. And then if it's something that I like and can be of use to my audience, then I'll do a post and a video about it. I may not be using it on the WordPress chick, uh, but I still think if it's something that is of value and can, can help everybody or make your life easier, whatever you want to call it, um, then I'll go ahead and, and I still will write a post about it. I just may not be using it on that site, but it doesn't mean I haven't used it or haven't used it on a client site. So, so that's sort of my two cents on using plugins. The ones I use, the argument against it, I think more than anything is there is no one size fits all, right? And that's what is so amazing about WordPress is it is a very user-friendly platform and you can make it do what you want. I think a couple other things to keep in mind, you know, with, let's talk about, say, sliders as an example, or galleries. They're not, it's not that they're not cool. I think they're great. But do they serve a purpose? Does it make it more enticing? Are you showcasing your products? What, how, what is it doing for the visitor? You know, start thinking about the additional functionality that you're adding to your site from the user's perspective and what you want to happen when they, they land on your site, whether it be the homepage or a post or whatever, do they really need a distraction in the sidebar? Do they need, you know, to see quotes scrolling or <laughs> clearly stumped for better examples? But if they don't, if that's not beneficial to your visitor it's, and it's just something cool you like, then don't put it up or test it, right? See, all right, well, I added a slider to the homepage. 
and now my conversions have gone down. I'm getting less opt-ins, whatever the case may be, but pay attention and listen to, you know, and ask for feedback, ask for feedback and then listen to what people are telling you like, eh, it's okay, but we don't need it. So I, I think it's important if you've got an e-commerce store, you're selling products and, and it's a great way to highlight, then I totally get that. Or a gallery, if you know, you have a portfolio or you're a photographer any of that kind of stuff, but just random galleries, eh, I don't know, you know, and even with social media stuff, it's the sidebars and the widgets and all that, that's kind of prime real estate. And I have a tendency to, to put those things there as filler more than anything. And I've seriously considered going full width on a lot of stuff. And if I've got a really wordy, lengthy post, lengthy, I don't think, I think I just said lengthy, which I'm making up words again. Um, but if I've got a really wordy post, then I'm going to go full width because I want you to pay attention to the content and I don't want you to have to scroll for like an hour, right? When it's this 2000 word post. So I pull the sidebar out. So a lot of these things, just keep a lot of this stuff in mind with plugins. Is it enhancing the user's experience of your site or detracting? What is the goal? What do you want to happen? You know, what is that plugin doing for the visitor? Keep that in mind. So that, that's, that kind of wraps up that section, I would say, and we're probably winding down here, but the last thing I wanted to address is plugin development. I think I've mentioned this and all I can say is hats off to you guys, to anybody out there who develops, supports and maintains software because it is a full time friggin' job. I tested it uh, about a year and a half ago and quickly realize that unless I uh, come into, you know, seven figures, it's nothing I'm ever going to touch again, which I hope to come into seven figures, but not necessarily come into it. I hope to earn it. Um, But the amount of work required to test and implement and try things out and, you know, get feedback and support. Holy moly. It it is a full-time job. So that's where you look at, I'm going to bring up lead pages as an example. So that is a software as a service, um, which for anybody, if you've seen SAS, right? S-A-A-S. That's pretty much what lead pages is. And it's, they have a WordPress plugin. You do not need WordPress uh, to use lead pages. But what they did is, you know, Clay Collins was a marketer um, doing more information marketing and got really, really focused on lead generation. He got really good at it, built out the software. Well, first I think they came up with lead player. Um, and then when lead pages came along, you know, they have gone through rounds of funding and have been written up in major business publications, but that is his business. That is it. And they focus on conversions. They focus on lead generation. That is all they do. Um, and I've got, um, a a uh, good friend and shout out to you if you're listening to this who does support for lead pages and uh, she's been with them gosh I want to say six months maybe um you know has gone through some of their growing pains as they grow with them but the amount of support required I mean she works the support desk so you know if you can imagine answering all those questions I mean how many people when you get to that scale and are big enough and have enough sales you know, and enough customers to, to go through funding, um, what kind of support is required for that? And it doesn't matter. Let me tell you, no matter, 
you could create the best knowledge base and FAQs and videos, people are still going to email you. People are going to still want support. Rightly so. It is what it is. But I, all I can say is anytime you have an opportunity to support a plugin developer that creates a plugin for free and then maintains it, do it. I mean, honestly, even if it's just five bucks, right? And I probably should, I don't know, maybe the solo shows or something, we should do uh, a plugin recommendation, which my first plugin recommendation would probably be uh, WordPress SEO by Yoast. And I don't know that Yoast is hurting for money as a big WordPress guy and as a big company, but it's a simple way. It's a very easy way to say thank you and to support continued development and growth of that. And he's added some premium add-ons for that, you know, a video SEO sitemap. Um, I thought they just came out with a news SEO one too. Um, so that's great. But still when, when he is so on top of it with stuff and I know so many people that use that plugin. So my shout out and recommendation this week would be to just donate five bucks. I mean, stop to think about how many people on the planet use WordPress it's lots. (laughs) That didn't sound very big, right? But I think I told you guys after WordCamp San Francisco, they were saying that, you know, 20% of all new domains, we're not talking other stuff, but all new domains registered install WordPress immediately. So that, if that, what does that tell you? So I I just, if you had a hundred people in every state in the U S alone donate what that could do to support continued development of that plugin, five bucks, right? A dollar. It doesn't matter. Just show the love. So that I, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough, you know, and even if, you know, if you're this, no judgment, if you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this or you don't have PayPal or you're not in a place to donate, give them a review. I, for the short codes ultimate, I believe I donated. I should double check. Um, but I also wrote, I left a review in the repository And then also did a post about it and I did a video and I shared it with the plugin developer. I said, I love your stuff. He thanked me for the review. He thanked me for the post. Just to know that all this work that goes into what you're doing is appreciated, that goes a long way too. So even if you can't donate um, or it's not the right time for you, leave a review, tweet to them, whatever it is, just say thanks. I think it goes a long, long way. Alrighty, so I I really hope that this was a cohesive podcast. This is the first time I've done this, and normally I write the show notes. I've, I've started the post already, but I thought, I'm going to test this out, so let me know how it went. Uh, I don't know, maybe just talking to you guys for an hour. I have to be very careful about looking at my phone, right? I don't need... I've gotten one of those tickets. Okay, 58 minutes. I got a ticket literally at a stoplight two cars over. I should have fought it. I wasn't reading email. I was literally, I don't know what I was doing, audio, but I'm, I'm like at the stoplight. I had no idea. And I should have fought it because I don't know if the burden of proof would have been on him. I don't think he saw me. He just saw my head down. Anywho, hard to believe I was a police officer. I am a police officer's daughter. He was. (laughs) My dad's retired. So just take all that into consideration. And I really just, you know, think is this good for the visitor do I need this should I test it somewhere else Um, how is this going to add value to my audience to my customers my clients my readers whatever 
how is this going to add value to them? But if you want to test and play, set up that playground. It's really, you know, even just get a domain name, kimstestsite.com, right? I mean, not that one, obviously. Uh, your name, testsite.com. Set, just set it up and do a, a dummy WordPress install and let that be your testing ground. You can do, you can find hosting for five bucks. Uh, not that it's stellar. I, you know, it seems like everyone is mass exodus from HostGator and Bluehost these days. Um, so that's it, guys. Let me know. I would love to hear from you what plugins you guys always install. What are some of the plugins, no matter what, whether it is... God, I feel like I totally shouted there. Sorry. Um, what plugins you install, whether it's for a client, whether it's for you. But, you know, you probably have a, a standard set of go-to plugins. Uh, so I'd love to hear what those are. So that uh, wraps it up for today. Let me know what you think about the car recording. Hopefully uh, the sound isn't too wonky. I'm on a freeway now. Um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see if we can hear that ambulance too. So I just kind of have my editor maybe, <laughs> if, if it's in there, I'm Christopher, uh, go ahead and leave it in there. I'm just curious to see if it picked it up. But that's it, guys, for today. Thank you as always. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you listening. And if you haven't done so already, I would love a review in iTunes. It helps helps people find the podcast. Let me know, you know, what else you'd like to hear. And then tune in next week. I have an interview with Ozzy Rodriguez of the Genesis community. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. And I've also got another interview coming uh, with Troy Dean of WP Elevation. So both totally uh, different businesses, but phenomenal and and loved talking to both of them. So that's it for today, you guys. Have a wonderful uh, weekend, um, depending on whether this is going Thursday or Friday, which the consistency is coming, I swear. Um, But thanks. I appreciate you tons. Uh, That's it. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.